good morning. It is good to be here this morning. I greet you in the worth and name of Jesus, the one that left the glories of heaven to come die for us, for my sins and for your sins. We bring warm greetings from Wilkes-Barre this morning. It's a privilege to be here. A lot of very familiar faces, and it seems kind of strange to come home to my old stumbling grounds to preach, but this is good. <clears throat> it's almost three years since we left this area, so it's a fast three years. A lot has changed for us, but God has proven to be faithful and proven to be good. <clears throat> so if you have your Bibles this morning, you can turn to Romans 12. The questions this morning is, have you ever wondered what God wants from you? Have you ever wondered what God wants you to do with your life or what, you, what he wants you to do as a Christian? The title this morning is Living Sacrifice to God. That's Romans 12.1. <clears throat> I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now this is the fourth, therefore, that we have here in Romans, and if you back up to Romans 3.1, it's the first one, excuse me, 3.20 would be the first one, is, um, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So this is the, therefore, a condemnation. The whole world that is guilty before God, if you go to 5.1, is um, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith unto his grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And here is the therefore of justification, the full salvation of sinners. <clears throat> and then if you go to verse uh, Romans 8, 1, we have the third one. Just kind of walk through this. Is, um, I'm going to back up to 7.25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind of I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So here we have the therefore of assurance, the Holy Spirit setting us free, and the power of victorious living through the Spirit. Now, which brings us to... 12 verse 1 is the therefore of dedication based off of the first 11 verses we have uh, first 11 chapters here in Romans as Paul moves from the theological to the practical of Christian living <clears throat> so I always like to back up some as we um therefore is always building off of something so you go back to 36 verse 36 chapter 11 for of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Which is wrapping up the first 11 chapters. So we know that God is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the author and the finisher. As you look, um, think of things, all things are of him, all things are through him, and all things are to him. And he is the creator of all, and he is the provider of all. So we understand every Sunday morning the offering plate comes around. We all understand how that works. You put money in an envelope, you drop it in the plate as it goes past you. It acknowledges God's ministry, it acknowledges God's blessing in your life. 
and yet God desires more from you. In um, a little story that I read, um, which carries a very good message, is there was an aged pastor in a little Scottish church that was asked to resign because there had been no conversions in the church for an entire year. A, said the old preacher, it has been a lean year, but there was one. One conversion, said an elder pastor, said the asking elder, who is it? We Bobby, replied the pastor. They have forgotten a lad who had not only been saved, but had given himself in full consecration to God. It was we Bobby who in a missionary meeting, when the offering plate was passed around, he asked the usher to put the plate on the ground. <clears throat> and he said, I, I'll give myself because I have nothing else to give. Here he was with his bare feet. He stepped onto the offering plate with both feet. Not one in there, one out. It was both feet. Then we Bobby became the world-renowned Robert Moffat, who with David Livingstone gave his life to healing the open sores of the continent of Africa. <clears throat> so he gave his all to God. He died to self. His service was for God and for his kingdom. He understood what Mark 12, 28 and 31 said. And one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than this. Here we see the word all a couple of different times. And we have to understand that all is everything. Everything we do has to be for God and for God alone. We, Bobby, Robert Moffat understood that and this, and he did it with his whole heart. And we all know what Jesus' definition of neighbor is. It is those that are lost, and it is those that are in need. <clears throat> so, Romans 12 begins with a call to surrender, which is a huge calling for us as Christians. <clears throat> and it is something... It is a word that we often hate to hear. We do not want to surrender. We do not want to surrender. And that is a big hurdle for us in our relationship with him. Some people don't like the word surrender because surrender looks at the word as all cost and no gain. That's how they look at surrender like. There was a fellow that comes in the store quite regularly. And we were talking and... The conversation turned to Jesus, and he said, yes, he lives in here. But he said, there was this woman that told me that I have to surrender my all to her. And he said, why do I have to surrender my all if he, if he lives in my heart? <clears throat> I had just been studying Romans 12 when he said that. And I told him that you had to present your body as a living sacrifice to him. I said, God wants everything from you. You can't just say he lives in your heart. He wants everything from you. So as I explain a little to him, full surrender is total commitment. And as we think of total commitment, it takes our it shifts our focus a little bit. Total commitment is a re-evaluation re of what's important. We realize what God has done. We realize what God is doing. And we realize what God is calling us to do. So... Total commitment is all for him and nothing for self. 
if you don't like the word surrender, put total commitment there for you. You might like that better. <clears throat> and Jesus has always, always demanded one's all in following him. He never made an exception. If he ever did, he would. you could go to the story of the rich young man, which is in Matthew 19, verses 16 to 22. Let's read that. Well, I will flip there. You don't have to. Matthew 19, verse 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is, God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, Outwardly, this man had everything it took to be a follower of Jesus Christ on the outside. But inwardly, he was still holding something back, and Jesus recognized that. He was holding something back. <clears throat> Jesus did not accept partial commitment then, and he does not accept partial commitment today either. <clears throat> An illustration, just think with me. There's a chicken and there's a pig walking down a dirt road, and they come to a a sign that says there's a benefit for some charitable banquet. <clears throat> Both the chicken and the pig think that they should help this fundraiser. And they think a little and they just can't come up with something. Finally, the chicken says, I've got it. I donate a dozen eggs and you donate the ham. Now think. The pig was uh, upset because the pig said, well, that is only a contribution. For me, it's total commitment if I donate the ham. <clears throat> if we um, think for one moment, are you the rich young man? As you walk through life, you're looking good. Um, Phil brought that out this morning. I was, I was pretty amazed at how the Spirit leads the devotional to the sermon. It's just neat how that works. But are you the rich young man? Is your outside looking good this morning? Is your outside looking wonderful? But what are you withholding on the inside for the glory of God, for his kingdom? Or maybe you're the chicken. Maybe you're contributing something that is leftovers or something that is easy for you to give because it cost the least or are you the pig you have given everything committed everything to him <clears throat> and as we think of giving God our all we all we think of money we think of our time we think of our energy we think of our resources which is very good but God wants more from you <clears throat> as you came to church this morning there was probably easier for most of you to double the offering in your money plate, uh, double your offering than it was to give your whole self to God. Some probably came with sins that needed to be repented of. Some probably came that had questions that need answers. Some have burdens that need lifted. 
anxieties that need to be dispelled of. We have frustrations. We have all kinds of other distractions. But if you would turn to 1 Peter 5, verse 7, it says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Letting God have your words is not passive. It is an active thing of life. Don't submit to circumstances. Submit to God who controls the circumstances. Psalm 5522 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. God desires to have your burdens this morning. He wants everything that you have. He wants your trust. <clears throat> Go to Matthew 11, 28 and 30. It says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This morning, Jesus is saying, come. Isn't that just inviting? Jesus is saying, come unto me. That is just so inviting. <clears throat> there was, um, some of you probably know the struggles we had at the store we had, getting it going to a point that it um, works out well. That one morning when we found out another one of our employees had quit, me and Ike were standing there discussing how to go forward what to do next, and someone walked up and was like, hey, what's the meaning of the minds about? And we told them what happened. And the person was like, I can't believe you guys are just losing it. How can you just handle this? <clears throat> and before we said anything, she said, I really need God in my life. And that person really does, but I said, that's the only reason we can handle it. It's because we have God, we trust in him. <clears throat> And I believe, I know, there's a wonderful plan God has in mind for us. How we relate in those struggles, in those trials, is a beautiful witness to those around us, and how we handle that. <clears throat> True worship to God is total commitment of the total person for the total life. Anything less is not genuine worship. <clears throat> So I want to look at a couple words we have here in um, the first verse. This first verse is absolutely loaded. If you want to spend some time, spend a whole week studying the first verse of chapter 12. It is loaded. But um, we know a living sacrifice. We understand that in the Old Testament times there was um, sacrifices. Was People had to sacrifice animals for the atonement of sins. We come the the New Testament where Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice now we are called to sacrifice ourselves crucify the flesh and walk in the spirit but thinking of a living sacrifice you you can go all the way back to Abraham and Isaac Isaac willingly went to the altar and would have died in obedience to God's will but the Lord sent a ram to take his place but yet Isaac died just the same because he, he was willing to do what God wanted to do. And then we have the ultimate perfect living sacrifice, the holy sacrifice, and it was Jesus Christ. He died on that brutal cross for you and me in obedience to God's will. But all glory to God, he is alive today, and he is waiting for us. And he's just yearning for you to give his all to him. <clears throat> but here in the beginning it says, I beseech you therefore, I beseech you therefore brethren, Paul is urging his listen, his readers and this morning i am urging you as my listeners i am begging you i am pleading with you 
give yourselves a living sacrifice to God in full consecration to God. <clears throat> Your prayer song is take my life and let it be, correct? It sounded like that one. What is your heart like when you sing that song? As you sing that song, is that song open to God's call, to his leading? Are you willing to follow where he leads? <clears throat> Are you like Isaiah was in Isaiah 6 when God said, Whom shall I send? Whom will go for us? And Isaiah said, Here I am, send me. And God said, Go. <clears throat> It was three years ago, it was in January, and I was working about a half mile from here, and I was singing this specific song that is your prayer song. It was, take my life and let it be. And I was, as I was singing that song, <clears throat> inside of me just tightened up. I was like, I'm releasing everything to God, but I didn't want to. As I worked I did not commit myself the next day I found myself singing that song again and there was this struggle that I had and finally I just gave it up said Lord here I am send me wherever you want me to go <clears throat> three weeks later I got the call to go to Wilkesbury <clears throat> friends you have no idea if you release yourself, what God can do for you and will do for you. So often we say, Lord, here I am. But I want criteria number one met. I want criteria number two met. I want criteria number three met. Then here I am. I'm here for you. I will be usable for you. You decide where you want to go. You decide what you want to do. Friends, it's a losing battle. I've been there. Your decisions are based on comfort and your convenience and your future in your own time. <clears throat> when you finally answer the call to repent, when you knelt down and cried out to God, save me, I'm perishing, is that not the last decision you made? <clears throat> Jesus says, follow me. I believe that is the last decision you should have made yourself. The rest is up to God where your life should go. <clears throat> there are a lot of mission fields that are have openings out there. Variety of different needs. It's for families. It's for single guys. It's for ladies. It's whatever. As each opportunity arises, do you come to God and say, is this where you want me to go? Is this what you want me to do? Or do you look at it and be like, that is not where I want to go? There is a verse that comes to mind when I think of that in Philippians 2.21. Philippians 2.21 says, For all seek their own, not, not the things which are Jesus Christ. All think their own. I was there. Three years ago, I was there. So if I would ask you this morning, what is the ultimate goal in life? What's top, top priority for you? Just bring something in your mind. If um, a recent study, a recent Barna study revealed that 67% of church-going Christians believe enjoying yourself is the highest goal 
of life. 67% of church-going people say 67 say enjoying yourself is the highest goal of life. That percentage is a little bit lower than the Americans than the Americans. 84% is the Americans agree with the same statement. The Americans agree that that's the same statement, and that's 84%. So Jesus made a little bit of a difference for us to end it. From 87, from 84 to 67%. Friends, this morning, that is a very concerning trend. It is a very concerning fact. Considering the call of Christ on all of our lives to die to self, to carry his cross daily. In 2 Timothy 3, just flip back there. I will read the first five verses. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn ye away. Having the form of godliness is talking about you and me this morning, today, because the people out there don't have a form of godliness. But it says, for men shall be lovers of themselves, lovers of their own agenda. <clears throat> it's a reality we're facing. And we have to commit ourselves to God. A living sacrifice means all the time. Living implies life, and life is an everyday moment-by-moment feature. It's a moment-by-moment exercise. It's a moment-by-moment experience. Offering ourselves to God is not just two hours on a Sunday morning or three hours on a Sunday morning. A living sacrifice is a sacrifice that is alive, and it is continuous in action, there are people who call themselves Christians, and they are heavily devoted to the work on Sunday. Yet, on the regular business day, they are totally pagan. <clears throat> the day in and day out of their lives, they are totally pagan. Satan has you exactly where he wants you. He loves that. He loves that you feel, you feel good going to church. You feel good being there. But he has you the rest of the time. And as we think of sharing, if Satan is sharing you, he has you. Because God says, I want you, all of you. <clears throat> there are people that skip church regularly, and they say, I don't have to go to church. I can worship God anywhere. I can worship God wherever I am. But my question I asked you this morning, do you worship God? wherever you are. Am I, if the person says that, I will say yes, you can worship God because you are supposed to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice everywhere, wherever you go. You are called to do that. It is a life activity. A.W. Tozer said, if you do not worship God seven days a week, you do not worship God one day a week. It's a pretty sobering thought. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. And I like, I find it pretty interesting. He used the term bodies here. We talk about giving the heart. He used the term bodies. But you think about it. What can you do without your body? And 
if you say something, if you see something concerning in someone and they say, wait a minute, you don't know what's in my heart. <clears throat> in um, Matthew, somewhere here. Somewhere, I'm not sure where it is, but it talks about the good tree and the bad tree, the good fruit and the bad fruit. And he says what happens if you are bearing good, bad fruit, you are honed down and thrown into hell. But and in verse 20, it says, wherefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. We can't hide what we are. By your fruits, you shall know them. <clears throat> Thinking of the, the body, you know, as I, if I see someone in need, I can say, man, I really should go help that person. But I'm going to stay sitting on that chair, and I won't help that person. James 4.17 says, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So we realize we are called to sacrifice all the time. Too often we divide our lives into sacred and to secular. We think we can give God 10% of what we have and the rest is ours to enjoy. But he wants to use our homes as a mission field. He wants to use our homes as a place for people to come that want to be ministered unto. It is not uncommon for them. Um, we have different neighbors there and they often text Laura and ask, can I come? We have a couple of different widows there and they often text her, can I come and visit? They desire something, and our house, our home, is there for them. It's a welcoming place for them to be. I don't know where you all work, but or what or who all your bosses are, but I trust that you can work at a place that your boss allows you to minister to the needs that are out there, to the lost souls that are out there. Fortunately, I work at a place like that, and it's wonderful. Sometimes I spend 20 minutes talking to someone. Someone takes my spot in the deli, and I talk to someone. And it's amazing how fast 20 minutes can go. And that is part of our, part of our requirement, what we need as living sacrifice. At work, you are still on the mission field. And it's a wonderful place to be on the mission field, at work. So, not everyone has that opportunity. I understand that. And I just, may the Lord give you wisdom how to deal with those situations. But the challenge I want to leave with you this morning, are you willing to deduct a half hour from your pay week to witness to someone, to minister to someone? What is important in your life? The kingdom of God or yourself? As we think of the fruit I had talked about, as we think about that, moving forward, you might be thinking, but I really better straighten up my act so people think that I'm doing good. I better discipline myself. There is one quote. If you are taking notes, I want you to write down. It's outer discipline meets defeat when not mixed with inner desires. 
That's outer discipline meets defeat when not mixed with inner desires. Because inner desires is fueled by self or inner desires is fueled by Jesus if you are in full consecration to his will and his work. Holy, acceptable unto God. The Bible tells us, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And holy is it's set apart, it is moral, it is sinless, it is pure, it is only from God. We live in a fallen world, we all understand that. We live in a fallen world that sin is rampant around us. Moral is decaying. The tongue is spewing forth blasphemy. The tongue lashes out and it tears people apart. It creates fights. The eyes seek after lust. They look upon things that ruin a man. The hands are engaged in sinful habits. Feet go where they're shunned. You see, this is the body. This is the body that's doing this. And dear ones, this is going on in our churches today. And this ought not to be so. We have to be careful what we allow into our, into our houses. We have to be careful what we can see on our phones, what is available to us. The magazines we look, the stuff that comes through the mail. Our speech has to be wholesome. It has to build up. It has to fix the problems. Let it be sweeter than honey. <clears throat> and be conscious where your feet go. Be very, very careful what your hands do. Let it be pure and sinless. I was made aware of a fact a couple weeks ago that burdens my heart. <clears throat> and that is one in every three person is sexually abused. And that is including our own circles. And if you would go back to Amnon and Tamar, the situation there, it was a closely related, well-known people that it happened to. And this is what's happening in our circles too. It is not something that is fun to talk about, but friends, it is for real. We must be careful where our children are. We must watch over them. And we have to control ourselves. We have to be in full submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. This stuff is out there and it is real. We must be careful. And acceptable, it is to have a broken and contrite spirit. I think the psalmist says that. What is acceptable to God is a broken and contrite spirit. We need that. So living in such a way, living in such a way that is against the world, what is against popularity, what is the motivation behind all this? What motivates us? What is the motivation for you to live such a way? We have that answer here in verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, the motivator to live in such a life, by the mercies of God. Paul detailed in such a way that it took him 11 chapters to wrap it all up, from condemnation to justification to adoption and identification in Jesus Christ. It took him 11 chapters to wrap this all up. <clears throat> all of us have sinned. Sin has deathly consequences. We're aware of that. But while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He took our place upon himself, the punishment of our sins, so that there is now no condemnation for us, for you and for me. We are saved from the fires of hell. We are in the presence of the glory of God. Praise the Lord for that.
And that is the ultimate gift. I, I beg you never forget that. <clears throat> Till on that cross that Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ I live. <clears throat> that is motivation to give your whole life to God. If reflecting on God's love does not move you to such a radical life, you are in deep trouble. There was this 19-year-old boy. He was very popular. He had a lot of friends. He had a lot of great connections. <clears throat> you know, we all know what an alpha dog is, right? Alpha male. He is the leader in a lot of stuff. And this 19-year-old had a wonderful conversion. <clears throat> As he came to his friends, they immediately saw there was something different about them, and, and he said, they were, his friends asked, why are you doing this? His answer was, because he died for me. <clears throat> they pulled him into a room and said, seriously, why are you doing this? And he said, because he died for me. <clears throat> Throughout life, his friends continued to ask him, why are you doing this? Because he died for me, was his answer. <clears throat> I need no other argument, I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Friends, we don't need another argument. The motivation is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. <clears throat> so in conclusion, what does a living sacrifice look like? An illustration that I have here is this. It's a piece of paper, you sign your name and it's wide open, God fill in the blanks. But, too many Christians looks like this. I can't because it would hurt my reputation. I already gave up so much. I would have to take a pay cut for that. Well, I really don't want to live there. <clears throat> because I don't like him, because I don't like them. See, this, there is a drastic big difference here in these two lives. But we are, so often we're in this. So often we are making up excuses that we don't fully consecrate our lives to him. <clears throat> so why would we live like this? Let's say it together. Because he died for me. Because he died for me. Amen. <clears throat> so, in closing, I want to turn to Matthew 7, verse 21. <clears throat> Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Those are some very strong statement that we have here in Scripture. Jesus says, not everyone that saith, Lord, Lord, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And the will of the Father is in full consecration to him. Give your life to him today. <clears throat> if there is something amiss in your life, Jesus is still calling for you. Jesus is still saying, come, follow me. Be a living sacrifice unto God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, as we pause before you, 
We do thank you for Jesus Christ. We do thank you that we have a reason to live a whole different way. Father, I pray for each one here. I just pray, Lord, if there is a need that needs to be met, I pray, Father, that their heart may be sensitive to your leading. I pray, Father, that their desire to do what is right, that they may commit their all to you. Lord, may it be fears, may it be worries. Father, may it be possessions or may it be self. Oh, Lord, I just pray that they may commit themselves to you and sacrifice self and just follow you. Lord, you will give us rest. And we just thank you for the promises we have in Scripture. And Father, we thank you that we can say, I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. And we just rejoice in that. Lord, bless each one that goes forth this week serving you. I just pray, Father, they, can, they may go forth blessed and encouraged. And Father, I just pray, if one is here that has not committed their all to you, that they may, may do so today before it is eternally too late. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We can have a song at this time.